88K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. Tonight's headlines. The travel industry warns of more job losses as an official warns taxpayers can't keep bailing out the sector. A judge says he'll come down hard on a man who directed people to come to join the infamous Yunlong mob attack. And Beijing says a bomb caused a bus catastrophe that killed Chinese nationals in Pakistan. The Labour Secretary, La Chi Kuang, has warned that the pandemic could be around for two more years and he says the government can't keep funding the travel industry. The sector has received about $2.6 billion in public money as it struggles with border closures. Freddie Yip, president of the Travel Agent Owners Association, says he's disappointed and warned that more jobs are likely to go. If I were them, I will put more money to keep this uh, existing travel agent or travel-related party to continue uh, in the in the trade, not lo- losing them to change to other sector. Right, right after the pandemic over, then everything get back normal. We the tourists start coming back to Hong Kong. I I would like to ask Mr. Law. Uh, secretary, way to get these people back. Who will provide service to them? A district court judge says a man who directed people to launch mob attacks at Yunlong MTR station on July the 21st, 2019, will receive a heavier punishment than others who took part. Seven defendants have now finished their mitigation pleas ahead of sentencing next Thursday. Francis Sitt reports. The court convicted five of the defendants of wounding and rioting last month, while two others earlier pleaded guilty. On the second day of mitigation, Judge Eddie Yip said defendant Tang Wai Sum is going to receive a heavier sentence than the other attackers. He noted that Tang was seen pointing with his hand and giving orders to some men in white t-shirts to hit people at the station that night. He wasn't an observer. He was the person who directed the attacks, the judge said. He added that Tang used a stick and umbrella to attack others outside the MTR station and questioned why there were sticks lying everywhere in Yunlong that night. The judge also said he won't accept the explanation from another defendant, Tang Yingban, who claimed he took a stick to the station to protect himself as he headed to the scene to understand the situation. Seeing this explanation goes against common sense, the judge questioned why the defendant would have taken a stick to defend himself when he didn't know the severity of the situation at the station. People normally won't be concerned about their safety if they're going to a station, right? It's just like going to the zoo, cinemas and restaurants. And it's not like going to try it dance, the judge said. So why would he hold a stick, he asked. The judge earlier said he's considering heavy sentences for other defendants in the case as he described the violence that night as indiscriminate. The gang's rampage left dozens of people in hospital. The police, who failed to intervene in the attack, later claimed the violence was a fight between two evenly matched sides. Hong Kong has reported three imported COVID-19 cases, all of them carrying the potentially more contagious L452R variant. Two had been vaccinated in Hong Kong. Another patient, a 42-year-old woman from Cyprus, received two doses of the Sputnik V vaccine in Moscow. At least nine Chinese workers were among 13 people killed in a bus explosion in northwestern Pakistan. Local officials say the bus was carrying Chinese engineers, surveyors and mechanical staff to the Dazu Dam construction site in Khyber Pakhtunkhwa province when the blast sent it plunging down a ravine. The BBC's Anbarasan Atharajan reports. 
A Pakistani official said the explosion happened as the bus was carrying around 30 people, including Chinese engineers, to a hydroelectric power plant site in the upper Kohistan region. It's not immediately clear whether the blast was a roadside device or one planted inside the bus. Some Pakistani officials described it as an accident. The Chinese foreign ministry has condemned the attack. The power plant under construction is part of the multi-billion dollar China-Pakistan economic corridor. The initiative aims to build road, rail and energy pipelines to link southwest China with Pakistan's Gwadar port on the shores of the Arabian Sea. To the weather, it is fine and very hot with a maximum of around 35 degrees with isolated showers and one or two thunderstorms. It is currently 30 degrees with a relative humidity of 78%. The very hot weather warning is in effect. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. One of Hong Kong's biggest events, the book fair, opened today for the first time in years. Visit in two years. Visitor numbers are restricted because of the pandemic, although the event organizer is handing out 35,000 free tickets to people who've received at least one vaccine dose. One attendee, Aldrin Chung, says he's happy to be back. I think the Hong Kong government have done a very good job of controlling the situation and just having this kind of book fair is such a, a signifier of success because we are able to roam around freely without being concerned about the virus. It's the first book fair since the implementation of the national security law and Jimmy Pang from local publisher Subculture says booksellers are avoiding sensitive topic books. Books about the Tiananmen crackdown of 1989 and the 2019 protests were notably absent. This attendee said the range of titles on offer was smaller. I have seen that the amount of political books, the number have limited. And most of them is about the Chinese government on showing how wonderful they have done. Testifying in the trial of national security suspect Tong Ying Kit, a Chinese university professor specializing in communication studies, challenged the testimony of a prosecution witness saying he failed to see that the slogan liberate Hong Kong revolution of our times could have multiple meanings. Jimmy Choi reports. 24-year-old Tong Ying Kit is charged with inciting secession and terrorism for allegedly driving his motorcycle into police officers in Wan Chai on July the 1st last year, while flying the flag that read, Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Times. Last week, history professor Lao Chi Pang from Lingnan University, an expert witness for the prosecution, told the court that the protest slogan meant overthrowing the regime. An expert witness for the defense, Professor Francis Lee from the Chinese University School of Journalism and Communication, saying that has not been tested or supported by evidence. Professor Lee is one of the two defense experts who compiled a report for the court case. He said his team had carried out different empirical studies since the anti-extradition protests began in 2019, which helped them find out how people perceived the slogan, as well as correlation with independent slogans, including Hong Kong independence. Drawing on the findings, Professor Lee said people's interpretation of the meaning of the liberate slogan varies. He also said the protest slogan is not always a policy demand and can also articulate feelings and sentiments. The expert disputed what he saw as Professor Lau's assertion in his expert report that the liberate slogan has only one meaning, which is to separate Hong Kong from the People's Republic of China, and that that meaning is understood by everyone. Judge Anthea Pan questioned the argument, saying the Lingnan University academic did not claim that the slogan only has one meaning that is accepted by everyone, as Professor Lee put it.
But Professor Lee said he believed that was the logical implication of Professor Lau's statement in his report. He said the word revolution in Chinese, for example, does not necessarily mean overthrowing the regime, as it can also mean big change metaphorically. And in cross-examination, Prosecutor Anthony Chow questioned Professor Lee whether he could tell whether the respondents who participated in his focus group study were really telling the truth. The academic said he saw no reason why people would tell outright lies. The authorities say there is no specific intelligence suggesting Hong Kong is likely to be the target of terrorists and that the city's terrorism level remains at moderate. Damon Pang with that story. The last terrorist incident in Hong Kong occurred around a fortnight ago, according to Security Secretary Chris Tang, who says a man who died after stabbing and injuring a police officer was a lone wolf terrorist radicalized by hate. Several people have also been charged in recent days over an alleged plan to blow up cross-harbor tunnels, railways and courtrooms. But Mr Tang says the SAR's terrorism alert level remains at moderate. He spoke through an interpreter. The moderate level means there is a possibility of an attack, but there is no specific intelligence suggesting that Hong Kong is likely to be a target. In the event that the alert level is raised, back searches for rail and bus passengers could become commonplace in the city, Mr Tang said. Vehicles going to the airport could be searched, as well as luggage belonging to flight passengers. The security chief said the perpetrators of violent attacks in recent years were influenced by seditious messages and fake news. The man who attacked a policeman in Causeway Bay on July the 1st was a prime example of this, he claimed. Mr Tang told Lechko that Home Affairs Secretary Kasper Choi is studying how to legislate against fake news, but the matter is both complicated and contentious. A former student representative at the University of Hong Kong's Governing Council has questioned why the school can unilaterally decide it no longer recognizes the students' union, warning that could lead to a constitutional crisis. Timmy Sung reports. The former student leader Lei Chi Xing said HKU's decision means students' voices may no longer be heard, since the union also nominates students to sit on various university committees that are concerned with student welfare. Speaking on an RTHK program, he also noted that the HKU ordinance states that both the student's union president and the council of the union have a role to play in the selection of members of administrative bodies, including the HKU Senate and the disciplinary committee. Basically, it's a constitutional crisis. The university can't unilaterally not recognize a law. If the students' union can't participate in the university administration, it's not a union that will be affected, but ordinary students, Mr. Lei said. HKU's announcement on Tuesday came after Chief Executive Carrie Lam urged the university and police to take action against student leaders who had passed a motion expressing sadness at the death of a man who stopped a policeman on July the 1st. The union had already withdrawn the motion and apologized. Meanwhile, DAB lawmaker Horace Cheung, who is a member of the university's court, said the students need to understand what they did was outrageous, adding that they had been ignoring friendly advice from the university. For the status of the union to be restored, he said students would need to demonstrate that they are rational and hold moral values. Secretary for Security Chris Tang says three senior government staff who violated social distancing rules by attending a dinner at an exclusive private club in March sacrificed precious time with their families to do their jobs. He's the latest top official to come to their defense. As officials, we have to keep in contact with different sectors of different nature because when we are 
formulating our strategies and our work, we have to know what the society is thinking about. The activist, better known as Grandma Wong, has been sentenced to one month in prison for attacking a security guard at the High Court two and a half years ago. Joanne Wong reports. Eastern Magistracy found 65-year-old Alexandra Wong guilty of common assault. The court heard she pushed the security guard when she was asked to stop for a security check at the lobby in the January 2019 incident. Magistrate Edward Wong said the case was serious, as the defendant's assault was intentional and wasn't out of self-defense. He said the court must protect his staff, especially security guards carrying out frontline duties. Grandma Wong is best known for taking part in pro-democracy protests and appearing outside courts to show support for those on trial. She's often seen waving a British flag. A Yunlong district councillor, Ben Ho, has announced his resignation hours after the police arrested him on suspicion of attempted criminal intimidation. Officers said they received a complaint in March last year over a Facebook post in which Mr. Ho claimed he would conduct a sweep of suspected illegal gambling in a Tenshoi Wai estate. The police said the post included a photo of a knife. Overseas. There have been long queues outside shops in South Africa's port city of Durban after days of unrest sparked by the jailing of former President Jacob Zuma. Many stores have been looted and there are shortages of basic goods. More than 70 people have been killed since the protests erupted. Mike DeFridas is a store manager in a town east of Johannesburg. Surveying the damage, he said he felt despair. We've spent all our lives doing something for the community, yeah? And this is what you get in return from reaching. I mean, when is everyone comes in? It's heartbreaking to see. A BBC investigation has revealed that thousands of children are potentially facing life in prison in northeastern Syria because their parents were members of the Islamic State group. They are being moved from camps to secure children's homes before ending up in adult jails. The Kurdish forces in control of the area have warned that many are being recruited and radicalized by IS terror cells. Orlaith Minogue is with Charity Save the Children. We have thousands of foreign children currently trapped in northeast Syria, which is an active conflict zone. These children are from more than 60 countries. Some of them have been in Syria their whole lives. Some were brought to Syria by their parents at a young age. The vast majority of these children are under 12 years old, while about a third are under five years old. It's really a very desperate situation, and there's no solution in sight for these children at the moment. A reminder of our top stories tonight. The travel industry warns of more job losses as an official warns taxpayers can't keep bailing out the sector. A judge says he'll come down hard on a man who directed people to join the infamous Yunlong mob attack. And Beijing says a bomb caused a bus catastrophe that killed Chinese nationals in Pakistan. The news from RTHK. RTHK.